Marnie is like, Goobledy gock, gobbledy goo. Gobble and tries to, yeah, starts quoting Tony Soprano in the hopes that it'll light up the talisman. That creaking. Ah, ah, it's spooked over. Wow. Uh, this is years, years of honed in improv work have brought us yes. to this point. So don't feel bad if we are trained. Don't worry about it. We're classically trained. Yeah. So welcome to Spooktober, everybody. I could not be more excited to put the fall decorations in our living room. Yeah. I, I simply, I cannot stress how fucking important it was for my mental stability mm. to do that task. I feel like everybody's just really going to grab onto the holidays yes. in a way that they haven't before this year because it is the only thing that is bringing us any sense of joy and stability. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not usually a huge Halloween person. Like, I like it. It's not my favorite holiday, though. But this year, I'm like, I need to watch every single Halloween-related film. Yeah. I need to eat Halloween candy every day. I love Halloween. It's probably because when I was younger, we didn't really celebrate it that hard. But I freaking love it. I bought some Halloween decorations, and I, like, added it to, um, you know, the ones I bought last year. So like, it's like decked out now. I bought candy for like coffee table. Um, our Mm. roommate, I keep saying our roommate because in my mind, you definitely live with us still. Uh, but (laughs) one of our roommates, Cameron, um, the first night I put out the candy, ate all of them in 24 hours. You know, I wish I could say that surprises me, but it does not. I got him his favorite candy, and, like, maybe that was on me, but I was like, I know that if I get this, like, someone will eat them. Yeah. I just didn't expect the pace. Yeah, you thought maybe you'd have, like, a two-day buffer. Yeah. Are you going to put up any, like, autumn decorations? Are you... I don't know. I think I'm going to buy some gourds. (sighs) Fuck yeah. Yeah, I went grocery shopping the other day, and... There's like a ton of small fruit and veg mm-hmm. shops along the way, and they were all just like overflowing with gourds. So I think I'm going to pick some of those up. I think I might get some like autumnal flowers. Oof, I love to And then that. like a fuck ton of candles. Big mood. I fucking love decorating for fall. I love gourds. I love skeletons. Okay. I was about to buy a $35 neon sign of a <laughs> oh my cat. God. Of a cat. So put on the wall because I was like, this would be so nice to look at every day. It would be great lighting. Yeah. For f- literally thirty days, it wouldn't it wouldn't be up for more than thirty days. Though is the what I have to keep reminding myself. Yeah, you just have to think long term because, like, if you use it every year. Oh, that's true. You're speaking some truth to power. So before we dive in, we have a couple of reviews to talk about. We do, Kevin. 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 We did not know this was you for the longest time. Only through Yeah, sleuthing. you were a mystery. Exactly. The detective work involved goes beyond the reaches that you could ever know. Mm-hmm. So after much deliberation and listening to multiple <laughs> songs off the Mean Girl soundtrack, we actually yes. picked a song from Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. 
Also one of my favorite movies, my friend. Mm. The song is Between the Bars by Elliot Smith. You think it's very, yeah. very gorgeous, very emotional. Um, mm-hmm. very. There's a lot of depth in it, which you, you are exuding depth to us, mm-hmm. although we've never met yes. in person. I think uh, this is a good mm-hmm. fit. It's so like soothing, melancholic. I think it's a perfect montage song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, we have a review from Claudia, a lovely friend of the pod all the way in Macau. For Claudia, I think it should be something very upbeat, very vibrant, because mm-hmm. even though I've only met her once, I think that her positive energy is very palpable. So for Claudia, we decided to go with Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Yes, a good one. You really, you can't be upset when that song is on. You can't. You get into a fight with your significant other. You say, hold on a second. You turn up Wannabe. Fight's over. Fight's done. It's been resolved. No hard feelings. Exactly. Good vibes only. So Claudia, I hope you dance to Wannabe today. And yeah, thank you so much for the reviews, everybody. We really appreciate it. If you would like a shout out in our next episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, DM us to let us know, and just tell us a little bit about yourself because, you know, we want to make it personal. Exactly. We want to cater to you. We want to have that unique experience. But yeah, please leave us a review. It's actually very helpful, very lovely. Yeah. On that note, let's get into today's movie. I am ready to go. I have been ready since we started this fucking pod because this movie <laughs> is the nips, the tits, the lickety lick in the words of Alex Cooper. And um, it's Halloween Town, baby. 1999? I think it's 1998. 98? Mm-hmm. We're like wow. two, yeah. It's old. Yeah, I didn't watch Halloween Town until like a year ago. And I'm glad I just finally got to get a taste of this cultural phenomenon. It is a phenomenon. When I rewatched it this time, I realized it truly is like a kid's movie. But somehow, yeah. the like, it's the costumes. It's Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. My God. Just an amazing performance. And you wonder to yourself, yes. you think to yourself, how do they get Debbie Reynolds? This is a good time. This is a good movie. If she mm-hmm. signed on to it, you know that she saw a beautiful spark. Yeah, and they managed to make it with only $4 million, which may sound like a lot, but <laughs> it's not. they proposed a budget of $20 million, so yeah. They were like, okay, okay. We work against adversity. Balling on a budget, baby. Yeah. The costume, the makeup, honestly, it's like the makeup, and I don't know, it's special effects makeup that must have been so expensive. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Halloween Town is actually a real place you can visit. Mm-hmm. It's a real town, and the Cromwell House is actually an Airbnb that you can stay in. Yeah, very cool. Or not Airbnb, it's like a legitimate bed and breakfast. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote Airbnb. I think it's just actually a bed and breakfast in Portland. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think the entire town has like, maybe not right now, but usually has events going on through October Mm -hmm. and honestly the fact that that exists just makes the movie even better because you know that there's like a fucking culture surrounding it this is like a cult classic when we're old and decrepit our kids are gonna be like you know I want to watch Halloween Town like Halloween Town is gonna be something they study in film school I fucking hope so (laughs) if it gets forgotten by the zeitgeist 
I will sue. I don't know who, but somebody is getting sued. There's something so enjoyable about older, late 90s movies, especially by Disney. I feel like that was a really prime period for them. Like, Motocrossed. We have, Mm. like, Full Court Miracle, the Frankie Muniz movie where he does, like, boxcar derbies. There were some very intense Disney Channel originals. Around this time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen any of the recent DCOMs. Well, I did see Teen Beach Movie, which... But I just don't think they make DCOMs like they used to. Yeah, I would agree. So rounding out the cast, aside from Debbie Reynolds, we also have Kimberly J. Brown. We have Judith Hogue, Joey Zimmerman, and Emily Rosk. Those are all, like, the main, main characters. And... Yeah, I remember Kimberly J. Brown starring in this movie, starring in Quince, another Disney Channel original. The Disney Channel originals used to have, like, very complex storylines and, like... Very specific. Yeah. Quince was, like, about a mom having quintuplets, and Kimberly J. Brown's character was, like, the child that was, like, born before the quintuplets, and she had to Mm. figure out how to live with, like, having quintuplet siblings and, like, being, like, I'm not forgotten by my parents despite this huge thing happening. And I was, like, that's heavy. That is. That's really intense. Kimberly J. Brown was also in the second and third Halloween Towns, but famously was not in the fourth one. Very controversial. She was replaced by Sarah Paxton, and at the time, Mm -hmm. they said that it was scheduling conflicts, but then Kimberly J. Brown came out and she was like, no, I was available. They just replaced me, and they didn't say why. I would have preferred it with her. That's all I'm going to say about that. I love Sarah Paxton. I just think you need to go all in on one star. I do not support replacing a series regular, or a movie character. Yeah, she built the franchise. People are saying this. I would love a Halloween Town remake right now amidst the chaos. What we need now more than ever. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As we roll into a time where we probably can't dine outdoors anymore in the Northeast, we need something to hold on to. Yeah, just, you know, any shred of joy. A teeny tiny shred. All right, shall we get into it? Let's, um, there's no good, like, Halloween phrase. Let's get on a broomstick and fly right in. (laughs) You gotta keep that in. Uh, Okay, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. In the intro scene, Debbie Reynolds is top billing, as she should be. Yes. As is right. There is a big pumpkin. We get a close-up. Cameron mentioned to me while we were watching this movie, he was like, there are a lot of close-ups in this film. Yes. (laughs) A lot. And after the close-up, there is an impeccable Halloween Town font. Stunning. It's like a cross between goosebumps, but something a little more spooky and like less grotesque and all i have to say is the makers of high school musical should have commissioned this man to help them yeah just a little extra flavor so we cut to a little suburban neighborhood it's probably a cul-de-sac kids are trick-or-treating it's very wholesome and we zoom in on one house in particular it's not decorated there are no lights on they're like pariahs get this idea in your head of them being pariahs (laughs) 
And this little girl is looking out the window. Her name is Sophie. Meanwhile, Marnie, her 13-year-old sister, wants to go to a Halloween party. And her mom is like, absolutely not. And she's like, I'm 13. I'm practically a grown-up. And then her mom's like, pack it up, Ariel. Everyone get the (laughs) frick out. So her friends, you know, are trying to back her up. They're like, Halloween's made for her. Marnie's into everything Halloween. And her mom is like, I don't want to hear another word. Leave. So Marnie is pissed. She's going off on her mom. She is. Yeah, she has a lot of attitude. Girl's an attitude prob. Yeah. So Marnie's brother Dylan is just like chiming in in the corner with all these little comments. He's like... Halloween candy rots your teeth, and I just fucking hate this kid. I can't stand him. He's so annoying. So mom says there are just some things about Halloween that she doesn't understand, and Marnie is like, no, you just don't trust your own kids. (laughs) Bold. So mom is like, I'm just trying to protect you, and Marnie is like firing back. She's so sassy. She is. Damn, whoever wrote the script is like, made it tough for that mom character. Mom character gets like beaten up verbally. Yeah. So cut back to Sophie and she's like, someone's coming. She's looking the other direction. So you already know something weird's happening. But um, Gwen's like, come on, sweetie, let's go have a bath. Stop, stop the thinking of these things. And um, Dylan doesn't understand why people like Halloween. He's kind of just like spouting off. And he's like, oh, Halloween gives kids all kinds of crazy ideas. That magic is real. I'd prefer a nature documentary. Fucking annoying. And this is when we get the iconic line. I don't know if anyone remembers this from um the like commercials around halloween time it's just kimberly j brown being like halloween is cool those disney commercials are really unparalleled very formative for me so marty then explains that halloween is exciting strange and ancient plus their parents met on halloween apparently their dad passed away a while ago and talking about him is Mm -hmm. taboo in the house then we cut to the street where we see this magic bus fly in from the sky. It stops right above the street to let Debbie Reynolds, a.k.a. Grandma Aggie, in this amazing black cloak off the bus. She turns around to see that her like magic purse that moves on its own doesn't want to get off the bus, but eventually it reluctantly follows her. The budget that they got, they got $4 million, you said? Yeah. I'm going to say two mil was spent on primitive CGI effects <laughs> simply because the technology was not readily available, you know? So back inside the Piper household, Sophie tries to eat a cookie and mom is like, not before dinner. And Sophie turns around, but she keeps thinking about how much she wants the cookie. And it starts rising from the plate and flying <laughs> in the air <laughs> towards her head. And then her mom notices and she grabs it before Sophie can see. And I just want to, just so everyone has a visual, these are like chewy Chips Ahoy cookies. On God, Mm -hmm. they took them out of a Chips Ahoy package. They're all symmetrical. (laughs) So then grandma arrives at the house and the kids are thrilled. She obviously doesn't visit super often, so it's Mm -hmm. a big deal when she shows up. She brings over her magic bag with gifts for the kids. She has costumes for them. It's full of candy. There's a lot of tension between Grandma Aggie and Mom. There's a backstory there for sure. Marnie is like, hey, Mom, let's try not to fight with Grandma for once. We haven't seen her in over a year. Yeah. 
And Grandma Aggie is, you know, pulling out all this candy. She pulls out a skeleton, um, tosses it to mom. She tells the kids to go nuts and that they'll put up decorations. She gets Sophie to hang some garlic on the doorknob. And Grandma talks to mom about how it's Marnie's 13th Halloween. She's like, 13? 13. The inflection denotes that something's happening. So grandma then gives Marnie some crystals with hieroglyphics on them. Amazing. In the Egyptian book of the dead. Mom is infuriated. Marnie's like, oh, grandma, I'm so happy you're here. No one understands my love for weird stuff. And apparently Marnie gets deja vu all the time. Mm-hmm. And mom is like, okay, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. I don't know if it it's just me, but these Disney Channel movies made me think that when I turned 13, I would become like a mermaid or a witch or like president or something. I was like, 13 is the year. Like I get something. Finally, like the aliens come back for me and my 13. I knew I was special. I knew it was the main character. Mom is like, okay, let's pump the brakes. Enough is enough. No trick or treating. It's time for dinner. After dinner, everyone's sitting around the table. They're chatting. It's kind of sweet and uh, familial. And at the table, Sophie's wearing this cute little ghost costume. She's making some ghost sound effects. And Grandma's like, ghosts are very depressed creatures. It's more like, ooh, ooh. So Mom is like, okay, that was a lovely visit. Time for bed. And Grandma's like, yes, the adults have some things to discuss. And the kids are simply begging, begging for one bedtime story. So mom is like, fine, go upstairs, be up soon. So before she goes upstairs, she has a little chat with Gwen. And she's like, you know, I would love if you move back home, especially since your husband has passed. Like there's nothing holding you here. And mom is like, no, I want to be normal. And every time you come here, it's just chaos with the candy and the decorations. And then Aggie says... The iconic quote, (laughs) being normal, is vastly overrated. And mom is like, you know what? I don't want to fight. You're only here for a couple of hours. Just go upstairs and have fun with your grandkids, but don't tell them where we're from. And you're like, what's going on? You know, where are you from? So grandma decides to tell the kids a story about a magical place where all sorts of creatures live in peace. And Dylan, being his little smart-ass, smart-aleck, bitch-ass self, goes, like Cleveland? I hear they have a nice school district. No. I'm filled with rage just thinking about it. I can't stand this kid. I miss the moment where they're all in costumes and it's like, I'm a witch, I'm a ghost. And he's like, I'm a pimple? I'm like, yeah, that's what you are. You fucking... (laughs) You fucking zit on my face. I want to pop you. (laughs) So grandma is like, this place has all types of creatures, Mm. including witches. Did you catch that, Marnie and Sophie? I said witches, bitch. And Sophie says she doesn't like witches because they're mean and scary. And grandma's like, excuse me? (laughs) And she actually says um, something very sweet. She's like, you can't tell what's in a monster's heart just by looking at them. I mean... Sometimes some of the slimiest, raunchiest, ugliest little monsters turn out to be the nicest. So Sophie's like, I want to go there. And Dylan is like, all right, there are impressionable children here. We got to make it clear that this place is just pretend. And grandma's like, well, I didn't make it up. 
I read about it in a book, and then she pulls out the Halloween Town picture book. And Dylan so lovingly calls it the Weirdo Encyclopedia. The book has all these monsters in it, just out there living their lives. There's a drawing of a young female witch on a broom that looks exactly like Marnie. Could it be? Yes. Grandma asks Marnie if she's ever cast any spells, but she says there's nothing special about her. And I'm like, you're so wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) Grandma starts to explain that she comes from a long line of Cromwells, but their mom is in the doorway and she's like, shut up. Stop talking. Shut it down. Pack it up. So the kids ask um, their grandma to stay overnight, but she's like, no, I have to make it home before midnight. Otherwise, the next bus won't be for a very long time. So mom asks grandma to meet her in the kitchen before she leaves. And Marnie turns out the lights, still holding on to her Halloween Town book, and gets some shut-eye. So downstairs, mom just starts chewing out grandma for mentioning Halloween Town as she's like packing up the leftover chicken in Tupperware. Always give yourself an activity. Yes. So she's like, you know what? If I decide not to train Marnie as a witch, that's my choice. And it's like, (gasps) witches are real? Halloween Town is real? It's all revealed. And Grandma's like, the 13th year is supposed to mark the end of her training. And Gwen is like, no, I'm going to raise her normal like her father. And I will raise Sophie the same way too. I don't want my daughter to be a witch. Marnie like overhears this argument and goes downstairs to see what's happening and is like eavesdropping in the doorway. Grandma Aggie then like chides Gwen for doing everything the hard way. And she's like, Mm -hmm. you know, chicken keeps better on the bone and then changes the chicken dinner like back into a real chicken. Marnie is understandably shook. Yeah. She said, what the fuck is happening? So Gwen is like, "Uh, you've been coming here for years, dropping hints, but now your time is up. Okay. It's done. Game over. Aggie's like, I understand that. It's not even why I came here. Okay. I need your help. Something's wrong in Halloween town. Every day I see my neighbors change and then they disappear. And grandma is like thinking there's a conspiracy going on in Halloween town right now. She's like, I believe that they are trying to return to the dark times and I need another witch to stop them. And Gwen is like, Why don't you ask someone else? But Aggie's like, no one wants to get involved. They kind of sound like jerks, which we will Mm -hmm. talk about later. But Oh, yeah. So Gwen's like, I can't just drop everything to help you with something that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm like, help your mother. Save a town. Yeah. The town that you grew up in. Like, you know people that live there. And Grandma's like, it doesn't have to do with you, but maybe, you know, the Cromwell line will end with her and that would be you know a terrible woe or you know the the lives mm-hmm. of the, everyone else's lives besides your own yeah so she turns the chicken back into a chicken and she walks out she's like peace fine don't help me so marnie runs upstairs and fills in dylan about what happened in the kitchen dylan is like oh insanity is hereditary i hope i'm immune being unhelpful as usual mm-hmm. And then they look out the window and see that grandma is leaving with her magic purse following behind her. And Marnie says, I have to go after her. If I don't start my training tonight, then I'm going to lose my powers. True. So she sneaks out of the house while mom isn't looking. And Dylan follows to keep an eye on her because he's the man of the house. Dylan, no one thinks of you like that. Ugh, no. (laughs) They see grandma waiting at an unfamiliar bus stop. 
and Marnie mm-hmm. feels like the deja vu again. And then she's like, maybe it's not deja vu. Maybe it's my powers. And Dylan is still a non-believer. He's just like, yeah, bitch, you crazy. So they see the bus arrive and they sneak on through the back door so that Grandma Aggie doesn't see them. The bus then starts flying through the air. Dylan and Marnie realize that all the passengers on the bus are like Frankenstein's monster, goblins, witches. It is no ordinary bus. Yes. We get some cool lighting effects, some cool sound effects, CGI. They land in a beautifully autumnal town, just pumpkins galore, hay bales. Ugh. Yeah. We love a hay bale. And Grandma runs into her friend Harriet. And Harriet's super sweet. They chat. She's like, I'm doing volunteer work at the headless shelter. And she offers her a muffin. Marnie and Dylan hop off the bus. And Marnie is shook to her core. Dylan can't believe his eyes. He's like, this is a dream. I'm like, you're delusional. And then they notice little Sophie also snuck onto the bus, which they probably feel very dumb about. But... They're stuck together now. So they notice the pumpkin in the town square and it looks kind of like decrepit and shitty. And they're like, that's odd because in the book it looked really friendly and nice. So Marnie thinks it has to do with the bad forces she overheard grandma talking about. The mayor comes up to the kids and does some magic tricks. They at first think that he's a magician and he's like, Actually, I'm a warlock. He's kind of creepy. He is creepy. He like pulls a lollipop out of his ear and he's like trying to be charming. (laughs) And I'm like, stranger danger. Don't talk to men you don't know on the street when you're a child or, you know, ever. But his name is Mayor Calabar and he's a fucking creep. (laughs) Marnie then introduces all of them and says that they're Aggie's grandkids. And he's like, oh my God, you're Gwen's kids? Is she here? And it's like, mm-hmm. What's going on there? Very odd. And then Marnie's like, no, we came with our grandma, but we lost her in the crowd getting off the bus. And Mayor Calabar is like, don't worry, I'll have Benny, the skeleton cab driver, drive you to Aggie's house. Benny rolls up. He's like, what's going on? What's happening? This is an an animatronic skeleton. Yes. So Calabar puts him in the cab, sends him off. And Dylan is straight up staring at Benny. And Benny's like, is this your first time here? It's a pretty nice place. Um, But he tells them not to go around by themselves because there are some unsavory characters like Luke. Cut to Luke. Described as a local punk. He's just a 13 to 15 year old boy. Looks pretty average. Looks like a human. And Benny makes it to Aggie Cromwell's house. The kids get out and they're just like, do you take dollars? And he's like, don't worry about it. Catch me in the next life. And I'm like, this is a world without currency. Uh, A dream. (laughs) He's doing this of his own volition. Imagine. So at the Cromwell house, the gate is locked and Dylan's like, well, we should just go home. But Marnie wants to try out her powers to see if she can unlock it. So she tries saying like abracadabra, open sesame, just like spitting yeah. slam poetry. He's like, doodly doo. <laughs> Dylan is being a huge buzzkill and they start arguing. But then Sophie opens the lock by wishing that it would turn into a frog, which it does. And I'm just like, she is the most powerful witch in the family. We're going to talk about that later. She's the most powerful witch, yes. She is the future of the Cromwell line. 
Sorry, not sorry, Marnie, but your powers don't measure up. Truly. So inside the house, Aggie is making some instant witch's brew. She like puts it in the microwave and sets it to like the bubble boil and trouble setting. And she suddenly senses that someone's coming. And then she opens the door to her grandkids. I love how the every time in this movie when they sense someone coming, it's like they're about to walk in. They're like 10 seconds off. Yeah, yeah. they're like steps away. It's not like someone is unlocking your gate or no. coming down the driveway. It's like it's like they're oh. here. It's like if someone showed up behind me with a knife and I was like, this man's about to cut my head off. You can feel it. Yeah. So Marnie explains that she's here to start her training and grandma is like, damn, your mother is going to be pissed when she finds out. And it turns out they can't call her. So grandma says she'll just have to bring them back herself. And Marnie is like, but you need another witch. You need another Cromwell. You can train me. And grandma's like, okay, just as long as we get you home before midnight in your world, which could be like several days, several weeks. And... Dylan discovers the witch's glass, and that's what Grandma uses to keep an eye on things. It's like, is it a glass glass? It, it, it almost, looks like it's in a cauldron. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Kind of like in Harry Potter when they have like all of those little... Oh, you know, yeah, like the pensive. Like that's the imagery looks quite similar. So they yeah. look in the glass... And it shows that there are evil forces at work in Halloween Town and that the worst is yet to come. Marnie's like, how can I help you? And in my head, I'm like, you can't help. You don't know what you're you doing. You are untrained. Yeah. So she's like, well, I'm going to show you guys something. It's Merlin's talisman. Apparently, it was used to end the dark ages in the mortal world. Just as they're looking at the talisman, the microwave goes off and the witch's brew is done. And grandma's like, I'm going to use it to bring the talisman back to life. And she starts like spooning the witch's brew in. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's nothing in there. You are spooning nothing into nothing. It's just like dry ice. (laughs) It literally is. It's really shocking. But then they have these like loud ass like slurping sound effects. It's like, (laughs) damn. Debbie Reynolds was really doing what she could there. So Aggie explains that she had wanted her daughter, Gwen, to help her with the spell. But since Marnie isn't trained yet, she has to do it alone. So Grandma Aggie casts her spell. The talisman's like, okay, I'm lit up for a hot sack before it goes out. And she's like, that's what I get for using instant. I'm like, I know everyone wants everything from scratch. And Marnie's like, I can help you make witch's brew. Yeah. And she will literally do anything at this point. She's thirsty for it. Exactly. So they look at the original recipe, and it's vampire's fang, hair of werewolf, sweat of ghosts. And Grandma's like, okay, we can get all of this in town, but we cannot tell anyone our motives because I don't know who I can trust anymore. Yeah. Lots of unsavory characters here in Halloween Town. So meanwhile, back in the mortal world, Gwen is munching on some candy. She's watching infomercials. It's a brief look into my future. So she goes upstairs to check on the kids, except they are freaking gone. They are missing. Do you know where your kids are? Because Gwen does not. Gwen doesn't. Back in Halloween Town, Sophie is like, so how is Halloween here? And Aggie's like, bro, the humans just impersonate us. And that's how their parents met. Gwen crashed a Halloween party, and their dad loved her witch costume. And Sophie's like, I like it here. Why do you have to live so far? 
and Aggie, she tells them about the bad times. This is when the humans were so afraid of all the creatures in Halloween Town that they tried to destroy them, which understandably made them very upset. So they were starting to turn evil, even though they weren't. They were not evil. So they were like, we're going to dip. We have to go. <laughs> we have to leave. And Halloween Town, it was started so people could have families, they could have jobs, they could live happily ever after. And Aggie tells the kids they also have great movies as they walk by the movie theater. But the movie theater is mysteriously closed. Keep that in the back of your mind for later. You will use this tool later. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly Harriet, the woman from the bus with the muffins, passes by, and she is looking all kinds of fucked up. She is not having a good time. She's looking rough. <laughs> She's, like, hissing at people. She's clearly turned evil. Aggie is like, this is crazy. I just saw her an hour ago. Then she spots the mayor going into a store. Mm -hmm. So she goes inside and she's like, Calabar, Harriet has turned evil. This is what I've been saying. I bet you she's going to be missing by tomorrow, just like everybody else. And Calabar's like, oh my god, I didn't believe you before, but you're right. Like, this is serious. But you know what? I'm going to need you to leave it alone for two days. Don't worry about it. You know, it's not safe for you to get involved. Just two days. Don't think about it. Don't look at anything. Just wait two days. Why don't you give me a quick 48? I'll look into it. You get a massage. Yeah. Why don't you? Hey, why don't you? You never take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get a massage? Why don't you go on a trip? Treat yourself. Yeah. So, you know, clearly Calabar is suspicious. Yes. Meanwhile, Marnie is enthralled by the flying brooms um, that look like they're painted dollar store uh, <laughs> brooms. So Like neon spray paint. Yeah. It's bad. Grandma's like, all right, I'll get you one. And Marnie chooses the Windsweeper 5000. Meanwhile, Luke strolls up and he's like, I'm kind of the big cheese around here. And he's like, I can show you. Dude's <laughs> <laughs> uh, rock. And he's like, yeah. I can show you around town, buy you an ice cream. And Marnie's like, you know, I was hungry, but then I smell something stinky. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps it was the big cheese. And Luke is like, if you guys were smart, you'd be nice to me. And immediately just trips on a broom, embarrassing himself. And he walks away. Luke is an incel. Confirmed. Pass it on. Mm -hmm. So grandma takes Marnie on a ride on the broomstick. And she explains how magic works. She's like, you just have to want something really, really badly. And then you let yourself have it. Damn. Like, if that's not the truth. Yeah. Oh, my God. That reminds me. One of our acting teachers back in college gave me a piece of advice that's, like, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. And I'm just now realizing how similar it is to this quote. His advice is find what makes you happy and learn to accept it. And it's eerily similar. So I wonder, Kevin, I wonder did you watch from? Halloween Town? He is a kid. It's possible. So after this beautiful CGI broom ride, they get back on the ground only to find that Gwen has shown up to kill the freaking mood. <laughs> yeah. Gag me. Dylan is immediately like, I was hypnotized being just insufferable once again. <laughs> and mom is like, all right, everyone, back on the bus. We're going home. Marnie starts arguing. She's like, I am staying here to do my training. Mom and grandma start fighting. Aggie is like, it's her birthright. 
And mom is like, she was born in the human world and she's going to stay in the human world. Say goodbye. Pack it up. We're leaving. Jesus. Yeah. So Marnie begrudgingly gives the broom back to grandma and says goodbye. Yeah. It's a lot of tension right now. There's generations of women Mm -hmm. not seeing eye to eye. It's tense. So mom goes over to the bus stop to get some tickets. But the um, clerks at the desk are conjoined twins and they're just arguing, doing amazing Mm -hmm. work. Amazing job. So she asks them when the next bus is, you know, to the human world. And Marnie is just sassing her mother up and down. Just popping off. Really, the twins keep arguing. They can't give Gwen an answer. So Dylan's like, maybe we should ask the mayor. And Gwen is like, that is a great idea, sweet pea. Let's go. Do you think – I don't think she's a Karen. Do you think Gwen's a Karen? Probably. I feel like she isn't that awful. Yeah. I mean, she's tense. Yeah, I feel like she just has a lot of stuff. No one talks about her husband that she's dying. she's not dealing with yeah. that's under the surface. And it's manifesting itself in maybe not the best ways. But who's to say? So at City Hall, Calabar is writing in his office. When the Pipers come in, he is overjoyed to see Gwen. He's like, oh my god, do my eyes deceive me? And she's like, (laughs) oh my god, I didn't know you were the mayor. Clearly they had a thing back in the day. The mayor? Oh my stars, well I never. (laughs) He like hands her a dead rose that he brings back to life. It's just like blatant flirting. And he's like... Let me show you around town, take you out to dinner. He doesn't talk like that, but in my brain, that's how he talks. (laughs) And she's like, ooh, actually, I'm trying to dip as soon as possible. And then suddenly, Calabar's chaotic assistant, who is just like a giant pincushion, she's like half woman, half pincushion, comes in and she's like, message for Calabar. And he's like, well, it's an emergency. I got to go deal with this, but you stick around and I'll help you when I get back. And Gwen is like, sounds good, sounds good. So he leaves and Marnie is like, well, clearly that is your old boyfriend. I guess you only like magic when he does it. And by the way, if you marry him, I am not calling him dad. (laughs) It's like, pump the brakes. It's so, it's... (laughs) I'm I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like regaining because I reread it and I was like shocked once more, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She has some fucking – she just takes hits at her mom. She's like, poo, 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 poo. it's like a boxing match or something. And I do it again. Papa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do it again. Jesus. <sighs> yeah. While this is happening. Luke approaches Grandma Aggie. She's walking down the sidewalk, simply just harassing her, really. Fully unsolicited. Yeah. And he's like, it must be pretty frustrating having to fight this thing alone when no one believes you. And Grandma's like, what do you talk? What do you know? What are you talking about? You fucking asshole. Mm. And he's like, I know <laughs> you have a talisman. Oh, wait, let me do the voice. He knows that you have the talisman and he wants it. And Grandma's like, okay, so who is he? Luke is like, he won't tell you, you know, he doesn't want to reveal himself, but he sent me to talk to you so I can get you in touch with him. And grandma's like, okay, just take me over. Please. Just fucking take me to him. I just imagine like an alternate universe in which 
he sends Luke with like a note that says like, will you be my girlfriend? Check yes or no. Because it's such yeah. like a roundabout middle school like messenger thing. My friend says that your friend that you know that I know. <laughs> yeah. Luke is just insufferable, honestly. He's not great. I want to feel like more for him by the end. Yeah. So back at the mayor's office, Marnie is begging her mom to let her stay in Halloween Town. And Gwen is like, just because grandma said you're a witch doesn't mean that you are. And Marnie's like, <laughs> but I am though. Right? <laughs> but I am. She's going to get sent away to like a fucking yeah. military school. Oh my God, for real. Wait, I feel like <laughs> it's like an episode of like Maureen. She's like, my mom says I'm not a witch, but I know I'm a witch. So I fucking <laughs> cursed your car. I keyed it. I popped all the tires. I slashed them. I can see just like the camera going in and out. Yeah. Gosh. So mom is like, okay, fine. You did show signs of having powers when you were a kid, but I hid them from you just mm -hmm. like I'm doing with Sophie because this isn't our world. And Marnie's like, well, if you want to give up your roots, that's fine, but you can't make me. And I'm like, you know what? That's a fair point. But she goes about it in such like a sassy way. It's like, that's not how you get what you want. The audacity. Yeah. And Sophie's been looking out the window the whole time. And she tells them that grandma's going off with Luke. Mm -hmm. And Marnie is like, I must run to her aid. And runs out of there. And the family follows. Luke is taking Aggie to the abandoned movie. Well, it's not abandoned. It's like closed. And um, they're at the movie theater is my point. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking around. There are just a ton of corpses yeah. hanging out, including Aggie's friend Harriet from earlier with the muffins, okay? Traumatizing. The wind starts a blowing. <laughs> and uh, a ghoulish form starts cackling. Ah! <laughs> and he's like, welcome to my museum. That was a great impression. <laughs> <laughs> and Aggie realizes why so many people have disappeared. And he's like, my victims aren't statues. They're just frozen in time until I need them. And he's like, I want the talisman from you. And she's like, no. And he's like, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> I'm going to destroy you. Actually, she might have said I'm going to destroy you, but. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's like, I will bend the creatures of this world to my will. And. <laughs> You're going to give me the talisman. Then he starts like throwing blue, blue magic, magic lightning, lightning. <laughs> magic blue lightning. He's like throwing it around. He's throwing it at Aggie. It misses her. Luckily, Gwen, Marnie, Sophie, and Dylan come in. Gwen is like, not on my freaking watch. She starts casting spells. She tries to cast one on Luke, but yeah. instead it turns him into a garden. She's a little rusty. So Aggie refuses still to give him the talisman and Gwen tries to defend Aggie by like jumping in front of her yeah. as he's about to hit her with the lightning. So Gwen gets hit and then right after Aggie gets hit too. So Marnie, Dylan, Sophie are like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And with Aggie's last breath, she's just like, go. Yeah, very intense. The kids are freaked the fuck out. They run outside, out the back of the movie theater into the alley. They're like, oh, what do we do? I don't know. And Marnie's like, it's not going to follow us. It can't stand the light. But Sophie, being a, a child, is very scared. And Marnie's like, don't <laughs> worry. Like, we're going to get mom and grandma back. <laughs> but first, they have to finish the witch's brew. And Dylan reluctantly agrees. And like, even after all of this, 
you can't find it in you to be a little helpful. To just be a little bit helpful. He has no redeeming qualities this whole movie. And he gets nerdier as the series goes. Oh, God. No, he's like, he's less insufferable, but he does like, he looks very nerdy. So the first stop is the salon because one of the hairdressers is a werewolf. And Marnie's like, hey, are you hiring? Mm -hmm. As like a ruse to keep him distracted. While she's talking to him, Dylan just goes up behind him and shaves off some of his hair. Like a huge chunk. Like you needed one strand. Just ruins this this man's life. Yeah. And he looks in the mirror and he's like, okay, I think I can work with this. Go off, king. And I'm like, sweetie. It's over. It's game over. (laughs) So the next stop is the gym. They go into the steam room. There's a ghost about to head into the sweat box. And Marnie's like, Dylan, Dylan, distract him so I can collect the sweat. And she goes over and just cranks that baby up to 100. And Dylan is like, oh, I'll distract him with some fun facts and starts talking about sea monkeys. Are you kidding me? I'm like, nobody cares. No one. This reminds me of the time I asked you to call me to get me out of a date. And you. And you. There are any viewers, (laughs) listeners, anything. This woman could have said anything. And she goes with, I fell. I fell down the stairs. Can you please help me? Come help me. I fell down the stairs. I'm 21. And I fell down the stairs so badly (laughs) that I need help from you. You're not near me, but I'll just wait here while you come over. (laughs) You were in Washington Square, which is right near my old apartment. I mean, it wasn't my greatest excuse. And I wasn't actually even home. I was like walking down the street and a man overheard me being like, I fell down the stairs. You have to come help me and started laughing at me. It was hard because I had to double back and lie because I was like, I can't tell this chick that you fell down the stairs because that already (laughs) sounds like a lie. So I had to come up with a second lie. But it doesn't sound like a lie because if you were going to make up a lie, you would make up a better one than that. I think that so. she knew I was lying and I think that she was like equally as happy to just be relieved of this social obligation. Yeah. You know, I think it worked out best for everybody the way it was supposed to. Jesus, what a rush of time. Anyways. <laughs> so Dylan is like me in the sense that we both lack distraction skills. Meanwhile, Sophie puts a towel on her head and starts pretending to be a ghost. She's like, ooh. The ghost is like, hey, kid, I don't like stereotypes. Just because you can see through us doesn't mean we don't have feelings. Then Marnie finds like a random tiny little bottle and just holds it under his nose and collects one drop of sweat that falls off. And then they like run out of there. Then the ghost emerges from the sweat box and he has lost a hundred pounds. Yeah, pretty crazy transformation. At the dentist, just a, a great visual gag on the outside of the dentist's office. There's a pumpkin person mm-hmm. with a huge bandage over their head. Like very classic, gigantic bandage. Yeah, like I got a toothache and I live in the 40s. Literally, yeah. So coincidentally a vampire is getting a checkup that day and has to have a tooth extracted and marnie moonlights as a dental technician (laughs) and she grabs the tooth and she's like got it 
One thing I mm-hmm. noticed was that they didn't use any like like CGI to like take away the actress's actual tooth yeah. once they pull out the fang. They just like painted the actress's legit tooth black. This and you will can, work like, with the, all totally the effects. Yeah. They were on a shoestring budget. What can I say? So now they have all their ingredients. Marnie is about to rejoin her siblings when Benny drives up and he's like, hey, kids, I heard your mom is in town. Let me give you a ride back to Aggie's. Sophie is like immediately suspicious. She senses the bad thing. Yeah. Marnie is also suspicious. She's like, how do you know our mom is in town? Then Benny decides to reach out his dead skeleton (laughs) hand to start strangling Dylan. Zero to 100, real quick. Zero to 100. Benny is just like off his freaking rocker, dude. So Sophie then sees this dog tied up on a leash nearby and decides to release the dog to scare Benny. (laughs) And he like drives off as the dog is chasing him. Once again, the hero of the Cromwell family. Yeah. Although whoever owns that dog, (laughs) probably not happy about it. Sorry to that dog. thing i was expecting you to say Uh, all right Mm -hmm. back at grandma aggie's marnie is just finishing up her made from scratch witch's brew and pours it into the talisman but she can't remember grandma's spell and dylan's just being a little shithead and marnie is like Goobledy gock, gobbledy goo, <laughs> and tries to yeah, starts quoting Tony Soprano in the hopes that it'll light up the talisman. <laughs> and Dylan is like, "Why didn't you write it down, Ugh. brother? Why didn't you write it down, you freaking nerd? Yeah, you nerd." <laughs> <laughs> so Sophie starts reciting the spell, which she remembers because she made up a song for it. A genius, okay. Sophie is the unsung hero of Halloween Town, and I don't want to hear another word about it. The first time I watched this, I thought that the twist was going to be that, like, Marnie wasn't a witch all along, and it was just Sophie that had powers, which I think honestly would have been hilarious because Marnie is so, such a big bitch, hammed up about being a witch. It's like, nah, dude, Sophie is clearly much more powerful. Agreed. So Marnie's like... Well, the spell is stronger with two witches, so let's do it mm-hmm. together. They try it out. Nothing happens. Dylan's just being salty in the corner. No one cares about him. Marnie then remembers that spells are simple. You just have to want it and let yourself have it. So they try again. Do it in their heart of hearts. Hell, yeah. They will it to be, and the talisman lights up. Fuck yeah. And they all run out, and on the way out, Marnie grabs Grandma's cloak. Because she's like... If I'm going to save the city, I might as well do it with fashion. My way. My way. (laughs) My way. Is that the one that's like, if you're going to call me a kid, you better put Broadway in front of it. My way. My way. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're going to call me a witch, you better put the word bitch Bitch in front of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry Uh. to that talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like overeating right now. I feel like every time we do this this pause, every time we do the pod, I feel like I'm going through menopause. (laughs) Menopod? It's, yep, I was gonna say. (laughs) 
thanks. I'm here all week, folks. Oh my god. I need Jesus. <laughs> Back in the movie theater, they leave the door open this time, so the light floods in, you know, gotta protect yourself before you wreck yourself. Gwen and Aggie are still frozen. Mm-hmm. The talisman isn't working. Close up on Aggie. So many close ups. Marnie remembers that Halloween town is the fucking original. It's the traditional. Okay. Our Halloween mimics Halloween town. Monkey see, monkey do. She asked herself, where would you put the yeah. candle on Halloween? Bada bang. Ding, ding, ding. So Marnie starts walking towards the pumpkin in town square when Luke, like, pulls her to the side and he's like don't do it it's a trap and she's like why the fuck would i listen to you and he's like i didn't know that this spooky man was gonna do that to your mom and your grandma like he said he wasn't gonna hurt anyone and then marnie tells him to get out of her way when a dark storm suddenly descends upon the town square out of this tornado comes the spooky ghoulish man he's like your moment of destiny was- has arrived. Wild. Yeah. Ooh, I scared myself with that one. Personally, I'm frightened. <laughs> was I just possessed for a moment? Anyways, so he offers the people of Halloween Town the chance to return to their days of glory and end their exile from the mortal world, and he asks everyone to follow him. Everyone is, like, immediately down. Like, let's get it. Like, nobody questions it. They're like, yeah, sounds good. Let's go, let's go, let's go. They're all just, like, nodding and, like, yeah, seems legit. Crazy. (laughs) And then Marnie's like, I need to install this thing ASAP Rocky. So the spooky man reveals himself to be Mayor Calabar. Dun, dun, dun. Of course. Marnie's like, I can't believe mom dated that guy, which proves that even in a terrible situation of imminent horror she has the audacity yeah so he's like follow me and reclaim your world (laughs) and find the half human who's trying to stop you us (laughs) so he spots a cloaked marnie in the crowd and he's like stop right there stop in your tracks and obviously she does not so he flies down to her freezes her with his little bolts And when he turns her over, it turns out, oh my gosh, it's Luke in the cloak. Luke's a good guy. The old switcheroo. Exactly. Meanwhile, Marnie is climbing onto the pumpkin Mm -hmm. and is about to install the talisman. All she has to do is let go of her hand. And then Calabar turns around and sees her and freezes her. And he's like, the power of evil is stronger than good. And then he like beckons everyone to join him. And Marnie is just like lifeless. Chilling there. She's so close. (laughs) Just uncurl your fingers. She then hears her grandma's voice in her head and then manages to drop the talisman into the pumpkin. It falls perfectly in the thing it's supposed to. And then the light just like explodes everywhere. Calabar can't stand the light. All the statues get unfrozen and return to normal. Marnie then wakes up to see that she succeeded and is reunited with her whole family. Aggie says, you have all the power of the Cromwells and twice the guts. Yeah. It's lovely. She's proud. She's proud of her granddaughter. And Marnie tells her that it was Calabar all along, but it's not over yet because Calabar peels his ugly little face off the sidewalk. (laughs) And Aggie's like, why? Why would you do this? And he's like, Gwen. She could have had me, the most powerful <laughs> warlock, and she could have ruled as my queen. Oh, my God. So he's an incel. Yeah. 
and he is pissed that she married a mortal instead. I'm almost like, how did he die, yo? Because mm. it sounds like you might have had something to do with it. Probably. But Calabar summons, yeah, Calabar summons the talisman from the pumpkin and goes into this other evil fit. And Grandma starts casting a spell. She's like, Omnia, Paratus, da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> and she's joined by Gwen this time. Marnie notices Dylan's fingers are lighting up and he's a warlock. Yeah, he thought he was immune, but he's not. Mm -hmm. So then Marnie says the worst line in this whole movie. She says, hey, chocolate bar, you better give that talisman back or you're in big trouble. And I want to cut my ears off so I never have to hear it ever again. (laughs) Hey, chocolate bar. Oh, God. (laughs) And Marnie is like, well, if we all combine our powers, we can take you. So they all hold hands and hum. Um, Calabar laughs. Dylan eventually joins in. Mm -hmm. And then they harness their powers. They get the light from the talisman to burst. And it like evaporates Calabar and then flies in the air back to Aggie's hand. The town cheers. They're overjoyed. Even though like two minutes ago, they were all about to join this like crazy evil plan. But whatever. A bunch of followers. Yeah. And Marnie goes up to her mom and she's like, you were right. There was a lot I didn't understand about Halloween and I'm sorry. And Gwen is like, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry for not trusting you. Wow. <laughs> Only yeah. a delusional white lady would say something like that. She's like, I'm going to ignore everything else. How awful you've been. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Dylan, even though he just has like, he just had like physical proof that he has magical powers. He's still a non-believer and he's like, oh, it was static electricity. And this is why I can't stand him. Yeah. Deplorable. Marnie goes over to Luke, who's ugly again. Um, <laughs> oh he's a goblin. So he's like, this is why I was helping Calabar because he made me handsome Mm. and he was like it wasn't worth it though especially because even when i was good looking he wouldn't go on a date with me so yeah marnie marnie in a pity move kisses him on the cheek and says i never could have done this without you and he's like well if you ever come back to town look me up and grandma calls them both over. Marty's like, thank God I can get away from this dude. Yeah. So the town applauds the Cromwells as they head back to the bus. Mom asks grandma to go and live with them in the mortal world. Marnie starts freaking out. She's so excited. And yeah. then she realizes that she forgot her broom. And Aggie's like, fret not, young child, and pulls it out of her magic bag. And mom is like, no, no, no. I'm going to finish training Marnie first. So Marnie is finally going to get the training she has been thirsting for this whole movie. Yeah. So they get on the bus and go back to the mortal world and say goodbye to everyone in Halloween Town. And I'm just like, Aggie, you did you just left your your house? You left all your possessions? You didn't even pack. But I guess when you're a witch, you can like conjure stuff, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Hopefully she didn't leave the stove on. So they get on the bus and they fly off back to the mortal world. And that's the end of the movie. Applause. Beautiful. Gorgeous. I feel like the the second mm-hmm. recording really gave me a lot of time to think about the movie, to ponder why I love the movie. And I figured it out. I was like, first of all, the older Disney Channel original movies all have impeccable plots. Yes. Like this like coming of age, you're you're figuring out your magic, this family secret, like amazing plot. And 
I feel like the ones now are so like they're just too exuberant. Convoluted? I guess that to an extent set sorry, that to a certain extent. I'm thinking more of just like the performances. They're like not grounded. Mm. I feel like everyone is like acting, acting, like yeah. I have to be big and like blue, blue, blue and like exuding constantly. But the older Disney Channel originals are like I feel like I'm like friends with these people. Like I could meet someone like Marnie or mm-hmm. meet someone like insert Dis- oh like Cadet Kelly. Like totally. I could meet them and be like, oh my god, like we're friends. But now I feel like I'm watching like a TikTok yeah. <laughs> person who's like, I only have 60 seconds mm-hmm. to prove why I need to be famous. Just so so much doing the most. And then that made me think of this hilarious TikTok I saw the other day where it was like 20 years from now when we sit down to watch the TikTok musical. Oh, my God. And they're like sitting down in the the theater and you just hear on like some sort of orchestral instrument, them doing the do-do-do, meow-meow-meow, like... Oh, like the... I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll send it to you after this, but... Yeah, please do. I feel like the DCOMs... Well, I haven't really seen the recent ones, but I just feel like they don't feel like real people, whereas back in the day, like, sure, the characters were in, like, outlandish scenarios. Yeah. But they at least felt like real people. I don't know. I really love this movie, even though I didn't watch it as a kid. But, like, even watching it as an adult, it just, like, put me in such a great mood. Yeah. And afterwards, I was like, I need to go watch all the Halloween content on Disney+. Plus. So I immediately watched Twitches afterwards. And, you know, I'm looking forward to watching the other Halloween towns. I do. I don't know if I'm going to watch the fourth one. I probably will at some point. But, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this month and soaking up all the spookiness. I am, too. I love Halloween. Um, I want to just really dig my fucking fingernails into autumn and have a good time. Yeah. I need to grab onto these holidays like there's nothing else in my life. <laughs> there's nothing else in my life. That's uh, that's the tea. So shall we rate Halloween Town? Yes. I think we should do like a Halloween specific scale. Definitely. A pumpkin scale yes. or more broadly a gourd scale. Mm. How many pumpkins slash gourds would you give this movie? I'll I'll round it up at eight because um it is a classic. It is mm-hmm. the movie that everyone should watch October first, just mm-hmm. to get you in the mood. Um, it's a lovely time. It's great. It is the mindset that you want to harness as the month unfolds. Yeah, it's the best way to kick off the season. Halloween Town is the moment. It's the moment. Yeah, I'm down for eight pumpkins. I think this was a gorgeous way to start off the month, and I can't wait for all of you to join us on the spooky road ahead. Yes, on the rousing, amazing journey of, oh, should we call it something? Should we call it like Spooktober? Spooktober. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. We love it. If you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will shout you out in the next episode. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.